We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Okay, how are we doing? Ooh. I just had a, I just had a moment there, and I saw Kira Lynn down on the floor there, and I thought, I know she honours me, but now she's bowing at my feet. <laughs> it's good to see me. I mean you. I had this thought this morning. You know when we were singing, Behold Our God? Do you know who he is? He's my father. And I just had that thought. He's my father. He's not sort of distant, but he is, and he is Lord of the whole earth. But I know him, and he knows me. My father. It's a, it's a really wonderful thing to know that he's not a distant God. He's a loving, close and connected God. Okay, so this week we're going to look at the breaking of bread and uh, for the Spirit of God to search us. Let's just recap a little bit from last Sunday. Our vision, which we've stated constantly recently, primarily because... It has seemed that God would not let us really move on to anything else. God wants to fill the earth with his glory. How does he do that? His glory, that is his attributes on display. Primarily love, God is love, uh, actually on display. One key attribute, God is love. Can we say that? God is love. And God's love is made known when we love one another. Yes, of course, there's that direct interaction with God. When we are aware of the reality of his presence, we feel the warmth of his love. We're caught up in that expression as a response. When you know somebody loves you, it's very difficult not to respond. And God himself. But he is also particularly and significantly made known when we love one another. Where did I get that from? The Bible, God's Word. It's very key that we love, as we love one another, we demonstrate God's love. So we've declared the vision um, that the leadership, the core team felt God was saying for us to treasure the vision and translate the vision. So that's what we've been doing, the translating of the vision. 
the breaking down, applying, and then the pursuing of the very values that he's given to us. They're not things. Um, you know, I was working into a, a church in a different country. I went there a number of times. And the thing that struck me was everybody had these words from God. But that was it. They were like trophies in a glass cabinet. It never translated into action. It was almost like something to look at, like you'd have a picture on the wall. That's not us. That's not what God calls us to. He calls us to be those who actually value and work out those basic principles of loving him. So we're declaring it, we're treasuring it, and we're pursuing these values more fervently in our relationships. That's what we're about. And to this end, I highlighted two specific issues. One that builds and one that destroys family. Gossip destroys. What do I mean by that? Discussing something, an issue with someone other than the person concerned without that clear determination and urgency to address the person concerned. Very opposite. It's the very opposite to love, acceptance and forgiveness, which was a primary word that God gave us. We were uh, in the States. We were responding to an invitation of somebody that minister, came to minister here, brought a team. This is way back. It was about 1986. And the guy that was leading the team was, was very, very taken by what he saw. And he said, I, I want you to come. I want you to come over uh, to our church. I got over the years, lots and lots of those invitations. But this one, sometime afterwards, it was months afterwards, I felt a prompting of God that should actually take up that invitation. And so we went as a family. When I got there, he was delighted and um, welcomed ministry and so on and so forth. But I said, but I, I've come to draw. Oh, 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 I'm really not sure what we can give you. Now, we had a great time, and it was very good and very significant. But he gave me this book. He said, really, most of what I, uh, what I would bring is in this book called Love, Acceptance, and Forgiveness. It took me two months to read the book because it was a sabbatical time, um, Dawn would teach the boys during the larger part of the day, certainly in the mornings, and I would either be in ministry times with the pastor there, or, and it's only a little thin book. I know I don't read very fast, but it took me two months and came back and brought that, and that was a very, very, and continues to be a very important part, love, acceptance, and forgiveness. So gossip destroys, but serving builds. If we're serving the King of Kings, 
It can't be at our convenience. It's at his pleasure. And I gave opportunity for repentance and commitment to live his way. But there may still be questions. We can't answer all the questions here, but um, Stuart, can we put like a pot at the front or something, one of the offering pots? So if you have a question, you want to write it down, um, there'll be a pot. So over there, look, just in, um, on the table in front of that screen. And obviously you need to put your name on it. Uh, and we'll, we'll get back to you. Or you can contact Avril by WhatsApp, email, and all those other funny things, even letter. Um, so feel free to do that. So, Henry, I'd have you for a moment. Take that list off. Thank you. We're going to come to breaking of bread today. And I want to build on this message by breaking bread, the message that we've been bringing. Now, the Bible takes breaking bread very seriously. Um, for some of you, like me, that had a kind of more legalistic or formal um, background, it was weird. It was somehow managed to kind of divorce it from the reality of what it's really about. And it was like, it was strange. It's like the actual bread or the wine became sort of holy in a completely wrong sense. So it was covered with like a, a, a very smart white sort of cloth. And you couldn't even, I mean, eyes bowed, sorry, heads bowed and eyes closed before the cloth was taken off. I mean, when I think about it, it's so, such a significant thing that was reduced to a, a kind of religious thing. So I want us to be clear, and I know most of you have not been exposed to that, and those of you that have and have been with us for a while, you're well aware that that's not what it's really about. The problem is, if you make it into a religious thing, you can take away the seriousness of it. 1 Corinthians 11. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, the body of Christ is us, eat and drink judgment, judgment on themselves. That's why... Many among you are weak and sick and a number have fallen asleep. That is pretty serious stuff. On the other hand, it's the most amazing, wonderful expression that we are expressing in a way that God gives us that we're part of one another, breaking the bread, sharing the bread together, and then that we're partakers in the fact that Jesus bled and died for us, partakers in this great salvation. So discerning the body, what does that mean? 
means spotting the kind of attitudes or actions which impact the quality of our relationship. Anything that impacts that is detrimental, is not discerning the body. So we therefore embrace the attitudes and actions that enhance and reject the attitudes and actions that hinder. In other words, those things which, as it were, pull down one another or somehow are not building up. And obviously, that's a really important thing. So recognition of the covenant we have with God and each other is a very, very significant thing. Now, it's difficult to really do this in a meaningful way with such a large grouping. And actually, in the ideal way, it's in the context of a meal. And I think many of us have found that to be so. But today, as we do sometimes, we're going to seek to do something that is very meaningful, even though it's not a perfect environment. The recognition of covenant we have with God and each other. We've talked about it. We expressed it a year ago. But we want to live it and understand what it means. And considering our covenant with, with each other, we need to resolve issues between us. Matthew 18, as we mentioned last week, is a process. Matthew 5, 23, Therefore, if you're offering your gift, if you're coming to the altar, and there remember that somebody, a brother or sister, has something against you, leave it there. Leave it there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Kind of backs up the very thing that we've just read from 1 Corinthians. It's more important to God that our heart is right towards each other before we are giving to him. Let me say that again. It's more important to God that we're right with one another before we even come to bring our offering of praise or whatever it is to God. So preparing, how do we prepare? As we're coming into this time of breaking bread, we'll take time to consider if there is any unresolved issue between us that needs to be addressed. And for this, we invite the Holy Spirit to search us. We're going to use the Holy Spirit's search engine. God gives us his spirit to make us know the things that we can't see. So if we try to do it, we're kind of stepping into God's territory. And you can get in an awful mess if you try to do it. But if we ask God to show us, we're in safe hands. So let's use the Holy Spirit, that search engine. God gives us his spirit to make us know the things we can't see. 1 Corinthians 2, the spirit searches all things, 
even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. John 16. I will send him, that is the Holy Spirit, to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe me, about righteousness and going on. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. It causes us to end up making this sort of expression. Oh, I hadn't thought about that before. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, I've got something that I need to do here. I feel I must, it comes with a sense of, I must act now. Maybe some sort of sense of guilt or conviction leads us to God. Causes us to resolve those sins of commission and omission. I don't know about you, but I, I find it's a lot easier to focus on the sins of commission, things I've done or said that need to be repented of. It seems to take a little bit longer to get to the sins of omission, things that I should have done that I didn't do, or positions that I didn't take when I could have. So we're going to have a, a little look at that. So how do I work in partnership with this, uh, this Holy Spirit search engine? So I've got some do's and don'ts for you. So we do, we invite the Spirit to come and search us. So we, we see that in Psalm 139, 23 to 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. There is a place of dependency to say, I'm inviting you, Spirit, to come and bring to the surface the stuff that you want me to think about and look, look into. Now, Google Photos, I don't know if anyone uses Google Photos, but they were, as far as I was aware, one of the first companies to develop the technology that can group your photos by face, facial recognition. In the early days, though, they weren't that good. They've got better. So I would look at my photos, and it might have my son, William, as a, as a face. And I can click on that face of William, and then all the pictures of William come up from, from my, my album. But every now and again, they find someone in a photo that they think is William that's not actually William, and it, and it pops up. That's where a search engine... And so we are talking about a Holy Spirit search engine that never tags the wrong picture. Okay? Now, when I try and do it myself, I can end up tagging the wrong picture. And so when we're inviting the Holy Spirit to come search us, the do is invite the Spirit. The don't is don't go dredging. Don't go searching for yourself, trying to find what could this be, because you'll end up tagging the wrong photo. When we try and think, oh, does this fit? Well, maybe this is what we're talking about. There's a place of letting the Spirit work where you're not trying to do it and make it happen yourself. 
Similar to that is don't speculate. We can easily get to a point where we're, we're trying to think, well, could, could it have been this and that, such and that and that setting? Again, we're trying to make things fit. No, we just go back to the Spirit. God, I trust you know me better than I know myself. You know the things that are lodged inside me that I can't even reach to. I just ask you to bring those to the surface. Now, perhaps you've had a friend that's raised an issue which you hadn't considered before. And we talked a little bit about the, the serpent talking to Eve uh, last, last week. But my don't is, don't try and find things that weren't issues to you before just to justify concerns that a friend has raised out of loyalty to that friend. You're not saying that your, your, your friend's evil. All you're saying is, you know what, I don't have those same concerns. And you don't have to go looking because you could end up tagging, wrongly tagging. What you have to do is say, spirit, search me and bring to the surface. And so within that, we don't want to take someone else's offense on. We can't help someone else solve their offense. So we don't want to take that offense ourselves. Now, one of the questions that came up last week um, was, what, what if you have a problem with someone? Say I've got a problem with Henry, one of many. He lives opposite me, so we have lots of problems. Um, if I have a problem with Henry... In what situation would that be okay to talk about that with Richard? Well, the only possible reason to talk to Richard is saying, Richard, I am determined to resolve my relationship with Henry, but I, I'm, I'm so in a quandary, my mind's all over the place, that I need your help to help me think, how do I resolve that with Henry? There's never any justification to just have a conversation with Richard without any process then that I then take that to, to Henry, yeah? So if Richard wants to be a friend to me, he's saying, okay, since we spoke, how have you got on speaking to Henry? I was like, oh, I've not done it yet. You have to do it. Otherwise, it's gossip. And I don't want to be a gossiping ear to your gossiping lips. You understand? So the motive has to be my determination is to see my relation with, with Henry restored. But anything else, if it's just to try and get Richard's sympathy for my, my case, or is it try to persuade Richard to take my offense on that, that Henry has, that is gossip. Back to you. What I'd like us to do now, um, we're going to play a song, Search Me, O God. You can sing it if you want, but more particularly, I want us to use that uh, as a prayer, a time of just being open before God, just to allow him to speak to us. Thank you.
just go back to that first verse. Just take that first verse once again. This is an opportunity to actually reflect and respond to God. Just that first verse. Search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try me, O Savior, know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way in me. You see, we say what we mean and mean what we say. To God and to one another. As we reflect and consider that, we're doing the very thing that we're just talking about. It's Lord, search me. I choose to submit to you. Respond to the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit reveals. We can either be soft-hearted or hard-hearted. Hebrews 3, as has just been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in rebellion. We can choose to harden our hearts in response to God's word. Let's think about it. Hard heart, choose to take issue with the language. Soft heart, receive the spirit of the message. Hard heart, take offence. Assume the messenger had evil intent. <clears throat> Soft heart, refuses to take offence. Choose to believe the best of the messenger. A hard heart doesn't invite the spirit to search you. The soft heart is open to God to bring conviction. The hard heart, engaging gossip by discussing with the wrong people. The soft heart seeks to clarify and explores the issue with the relevant person. Hard heart, defend and justify ourselves and pass blame onto others. The soft heart, there's no need to be defensive. We have the privilege of asking for forgiveness and repenting and God restores. So the next thing we do in responding to the Holy Spirit is a term the Bible uses called contracrate. We don't use this word much today. Um, but I did do a teaching on it over a, over a year ago, what it means to consecrate. And so we're, one of the key verses that we see coming up is this in Joshua 3.5. So they're just about to uh, get, the people are getting ready to take the land. And uh, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. I believe that's true for us. I think God is on the verge of doing amazing things within this community but there's an invitation right now to consecrate yourself. 
What does that mean? Well, here's a clip from what we did uh, just over a year ago. So Nick is kind of quite a fashionable guy. Um, he, he's, he's pretty proud of how he looks and the clothes that he wears. And he's really, he comes, come stand over here for me, Nick. Nick loves these clothes, yeah? He's had them since he was 11. And he thinks they suit him very well. But um, as you can begin to see, Nick's no longer 11. Nick's 37? 32. 32. <laughs> and he's, he begins to find they get a little bit restrictive. He can't run the, the 100 meters in the same speed when he's wearing these things. He's <laughs> messing with his bowels. That's terrible. Bladder. 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 bladder, bladder. Sorry. <laughs> Wrong type of toilet you need. But you see, his bulging physique is being restricted. <laughs> and there, there comes a point where Nick will have to look at himself in the mirror and think, you know what? This doesn't fit anymore. This doesn't suit me. This doesn't fit who I've become. It's no longer relevant to me. And so, and we can jump back to that PowerPoint. No, no, wait, wait for a second. <laughs> so it, it says in Hebrews, let us throw off everything that hinders and all the sin that so easily entangles and let us, with perseverance, um, with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let's run with perseverance, the race is marked out for us. So Nick's going to need to throw these things off, isn't he? He's hindered, he's going to... No, I'm not going to make you do that. <laughs> All right, now you're done now. Thank you, Nick. What might have been okay in the past... You've grown, you've changed, you've moved from one degree of glory to the next. You're being transformed into God's likeness. And so there's a point where you take stock. Does, do these fit any longer with who I am now and who he is? It's a wonderful thing to be able to just come before God and, and consecrate, say, Lord, have your way. Part of that is the ability to engage with doubts. Bring into the light so that sin can be dealt with and if not sin, the shadow can be dispersed. Let's refocus on the, on the great project Let me just read you this from Nehemiah. When word came to Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had built the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gates, Sambalat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in 
one of the villages on the plain of Ona. But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I'm carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? I believe that God has called us to a great project to show what he's like by the way that we love one another, care for one another, serve one another, and reach out to those that are round about us. That's too great a project. That's too significant. That's too precious. That carries a revelation. We cannot be tempted or allow ourselves to be tempted to the enemy to come down from that high calling of God, that amazing trust that God has placed in us to be a demonstration of what he's really like. Let's appreciate, have an appreciation of the great project that God has given us. To fill the earth with his glory. To show the world, desperate for him, what he's like by the way we love each other. Once we've acted on anything the Holy Spirit has revealed, be determined not to be distracted nor have the great work undermined. We're building a wall. It's too significant. It's what God's given us to do. We cannot afford to come down to engage with Sam Ballot. It's, uh, we're going to go into a time breaking bread now. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK.